Welcome back to the Createism Podcast. I am your host, Fatima Chantel, and this is a show about records and culture. Question, are y'all ready to laugh y'all ass off? I hope so, because this is part two of my interview with JR, one half of the R&B representatives. Let's get into it. For me, the Oscars, even though where we at now with it, with this whole controversy that's going on, I wasn't so never the big of it anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm no comment on that. I'm just so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, never mind. Just yeah, I understand. I get it because um, I'm over it too. I'm just, one thing I can say, and I can say this I'm so upset, and I put this on my Instagram and I put this on my Facebook. I feel bad for Questlove mm. because his moment was taken from him and he won for a documentary that was talking about our black music mm-hmm. and it got stolen and it's tarnished. And I feel really bad for Quest. You know what I mean? Because Son of Soul, Summer of Soul was such a great documentary and it mm-hmm. represented what really was Woodstock before Woodstock. Yes. And for it to win the way it did and got more eyes on it and got the mainstream eyes on it and nobody even cares about it anymore, I feel bad for Quest. That's other than that, that other foolery, they they can take that. Because okay. I like some dude at my job said, rich versus rich. I ain't got time for it. <laughs> but the one, I, I wish Quest would have really got his moment and his moment was robbed from him. So that's the only thing I can say about that. But all that other stuff, I'm with you, Fatima. I'm over it. <laughs> and a uh, beautiful acceptance speech by Questlove, too. He was crying. Yeah, like it was his moment because you, he's a guy that really loves Black music and he mm-hmm. represents represents it so greatly. And to finally do a documentary where you had to do so much research and literally work hard at it. And for your mom to be in the audience with you, yes. for somebody that helped put you on to this music and for you to win, that was a moment that you had. And it was you and her. And it was like the audience kind of was like in their phones, like uh, something just happened before this. Like, is this real? And it took away his moment. And he went back to the press room and the first question they asked him, was about the foolery. And it's like, <laughs> y'all, I just want an Oscar here. Like, <laughs> what about me? You know what I mean? So I, I feel bad for him. I, I really do. I do. I did watch it on Hulu. And that, that footage is amazing. Just seeing the people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. The fashion. Because we fly. You know what I'm saying? We fly, Every era. Man, ain't we? Um, But what was the story? Like, where did he find this footage? I know where he... um Because it was recorded, but... They, it was like somebody just kind of like put it under and was like didn't care about it no more and and Quest said that he knew a lot about it but he knew that it was a recording of it but he just had to find it and he searched and found it mm. and he was like yo this has to be seen like this was Woodstock before Woodstock and like you said like it showed it was just how Elise said blackity blackity black the fashions, it was just the music that we love. I love how he added the um, Latin band to it. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You saw David Ruffin there and Gladys mm. Knight and the Pips. And, and I'm glad that um, 
what is their name? Uh, shoot. Uh, oh God, I'm trying to think of their name. Um, and they did Aquarius, and they did Oh um, Fifth Dimension. Yes, my mom gonna kill me again because that's her group too. <laughs> and I'm glad that they got to tell a story about how people thought they were white. Yes. And how they thought they were white and they were black. And they said for them to do something like this, it made them feel like they were included because Uh they made them feel like, because I mean, the songs they were doing was very pop-ish, very cross It was like psychedelic pop or something like that. Yeah, that's what it was. Like psychedelic pop kind of. And Mm -hmm. for them to do that and to get the love from their own people that just had to be great like you know what i mean so i'm glad that they got to tell that story too the fifth dimension sorry mom (laughs) Mm -hmm. now there was um watt stacks did you ever see that one yes i just put up a oh i just put up a clip today with um and i swear to god i didn't even know that it's just that we were talking yes i just i put up a clip today of the staple singer singing express yourself oh shit okay yes 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 i love stacks like Stacks to me is number one is Motown and then it's Stacks for me. I love Stacks so much and to see that and it was just again just black man like it's just mm-hmm. oh my god I saw I think I saw that when I was like 13 I think my mom showed me when you know used to go to Blockbuster video these kids <laughs> never know. And we had to rent the uh, VCR player. It used to be blue, and you rent it. And I remember my mom saying, this is when, you know, um, Stax came together with their artists, and they all came, and they did, you know, uh, a festival, if you will. And mm-hmm. I was just, like, looking at it like, oh, my God. And it was just so black, and it was – the message was in the music. Hey, OJ. Um, it was just – it was always a message, and that's why I love the 70s so much. That's why yeah. it's my favorite music era, because everything was just black. Music is always speaking on what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And we needed a change. And when, you know, in 67, when Aretha came out with, you know, um, I Never Loved a Man, and it, it, it finally had, some, we had some depth. It was some depth in there. It wasn't just the the finger clap and baby love and I love you, you love me. It's like, this is what's going on in our communities. And then we had, you know, Roberta Flack, who doesn't get really respect for actually mm. being the first real album to talk political and social issues. They give it to Marvin, which is fine. That's great. Mm. But the 70s and, and the festivals that were going on and all that was just great to me and that's why I always want to get back there and everybody kind of be like well what's your favorite with the 70s and the 90s 90s was great I love that too but the 70s was just just straight black to me we didn't care about no crossover we wore our afros with our pick in it you know mm-hmm. we didn't mind spraying afro sheen while we walking down the street like <laughs> that was great to me and I want us to get back there and kind of take our music because it was ours you know what I mean and that's that's what but yes that that stacks festival was everything to me i love it love it okay were there any other festivals like those that you know of um in the 70s i'm trying to think not off the top of my head 
but it probably is, and I'm missing it. Um, because I mean, you know, James Brown used to always come to the Apollo Theater, like, mm. you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I know that. Um, dang, I should I should be on it too, but uh, and then I know then also you know the only the other one I know is the ones that was in Africa, the one that they did with um. It was a festival, and I know Ike and Tina was over there, and it was mm. some other black artists over there, and they went over to Africa and they did like a festival, and it was amazing. But I forgot what it was called. Okay. Yeah, I forgot mm. what it was called, but I know it, and I know now they put it. It was like a soul to soul, and um, yeah, and and it was like our black performers went over. There. I think it was like Donny Hathaway and mm. Roberta and. They went over there and it was like a soul to soul. Yeah, it was soul to soul. And it was like, well, Wilson Pickett went over there and it was kind of like they went over to Africa. This was in like 71, I think. And and it was kind of like a festival and they did that. So, okay. Yeah, I can't think, really think of any other ones either. Um, well, when I was talking to your partner, we were like, damn, what happened to boy and girl groups? Right. But then after we did that episode, I thought, well, in Korea, it's huge, you know, like K-pop. They have boy and girl groups out there and they're huge. You know what I'm saying? Can you think of any that are, are popular right now in the States? They're big. Um, I guess it's something different to bring. I'm not going to hate on it because I'm going to be honest. I don't listen to it. I know about it because I know like, at, you know, when New Edition was that... Uh, when it was um, the American Music Awards, and um, it was you saw boys and men, and then you saw the K-pop boys. They were dancing, doing it. You know, if it isn't love dance, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. Again, which shows that black music is music. So I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't, you know, I I don't listen to it. But I think bands and groups are clearly needed. We're clearly needed, and I and I mm-hmm. speak on that a lot because I feel like the groups and 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 bands are kind of like the backbones of R and B, to be honest with you, and the backbones of soul. And I feel like if we had that, then we had our solo artists. So it was like that's why in the '90s and in the '70s, a lot of people were winning because you know in the '70s we had so many groups and. It, it worked, and but then we still had our solo artists winning. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We still had, in the 70s, Aretha, Stevie, Marvin, and, you know, all of that. They were still winning, but still we had our 70s groups, the OJs, and how Melvin the Blue Notes, and, you know, all these groups like that were winning. And then when we got to the 90s, it was like we had our Michael, our Prince, our Janet, our Whitney, our Mariah, our this, our that. But then we still had our boys and men, Jodeci, SWV, TLC, like all our groups, we were winning. So Mm -hmm. I feel like now once that kind of stopped and kind of like the 2000s, it's kind of like R&B don't really have that foundation anymore. It's all focused on solo artists. And when you do that, they only let one really artist get through anyway. So it's like, where where does that leave everybody else? So I feel like groups and bands is is really needed. I do. Mm, okay. Um, all right. Let's let's talk about the current times. 
Um, I wanted to ask you about some current artists, but we mm-hmm. need to start with her because apparently you got a really strong opinion on her. So do okay. Tell. So I'm okay. So I'm gonna say this with her. So in the beginning, I I was not. I was I was like, here we go with this image mess. I was like, because it was like she didn't want to show her face for me. Again, you got to have a gimmick. That's just the bottom line. You got to have a gimmick to get in this. But I was like, oh, no, I'm I'm not here for the image. And finally, a couple people was like, yo, go listen to her. She's dope. Listen to her. I'm like, all right, cool. Then I listened to her and I said, wait a minute. This girl is really, really talented. Mm-hmm. Like, she's really talented. And then when she came out with that, because um, I listened to her first album, album, EP, whatever she want to call it these days. That album, uh, the 2017 album, and I listened to it. I was like, okay, okay, I, I, I can, I can rock with it. But then when she came out with that EP with the songs with, um, I don't, God, what is the EP? Because then she put both of them together that had Hard Place on it, and um, uh, what else was on it? Um, damn, I talked about a couple of the songs on the show, and I can't even think about it. But it was like an EP. It was a part one, and then she did a part two. Part one was more of the beats, and and then part two was more acoustic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yo, I'm rocking with her. I'm 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 there. I'm like, yo, she's talented. She's dope." Then I started seeing to me what the industry was trying to do to shut R&B lovers up, in my opinion, because they know we on social media always talking about how R&B is not getting treated right. Y'all not doing this. And with her winning Oscars and winning this and winning all of this, it was kind of like, oh, I see what they doing. They want to push her, which she's very talented, but they pushing her so we can be like, oh, y'all can't talk mess anymore. We got a good girl that's, she's talented and all this. Y'all shouldn't talk about how R&B is not winning. And I feel like for me, it's, to me, that's why I say I think she's talented, but I'm getting a lot of that industry plant. And I take it back to like with Whitney Houston, right? Like me and Elise always say from like that 80 to like 85, it was the experimental time for R&B, for real. Like nobody knew the sound coming out of disco. And it was like people was trying to find this sound. The only ones that kind of got it right was kind of like the Sheep and Leon Silvers with... um with the uh, Shalimar and things like that. But then MTV came out and a lot of our artists wasn't getting played on MTV. A lot of them wasn't getting played until thank God for, um, what's his name? Uh, talking mess to them about getting Michael Jackson put on. Uh, David Bowie. David Bowie. Yes. Mm-hmm. David Bowie. He came out and was really talking mess. Like this dude is the biggest artist in the world. And y'all ain't got him on playing on MTV. What's up with y'all? Of course, then our sound started to change. It started to become very synthesizers was all the and we wasn't getting a lot of vocalists. It was all about the instrumentation and all this. And we didn't get our vocalists. And a lot of people was complaining because this was at a time where we couldn't get no crossovers. Aretha wasn't crossing over like that, which she did the joint with Luther. You had Shaka with what you gonna do for me and stuff like that. But it it was hitting big on R&B, but the pop world wasn't playing it. So what I feel like then you had a lot of people complaining, like, what about a vocalist? We ain't got a girl. We don't have a, 
a, a, a black girl that's able to cross over and be over there. And then once Whitney came, you know what I mean? Whitney comes in, cross over, and it's like, oh, y'all can be quiet now. Y'all got a vocalist. She's black. She crossed over. Y'all can't talk no more. Even though y'all are not even appealing her to us. Y'all appealing them, Whitney, to y'all. Even though the girl sings, got the gospel in her and all, but all her music is appealing to y'all. It's not appealing to us. And I feel like with her, it's like, to me, that's where I feel like we at right now. It's like, oh, y'all got her. She's winning Oscars. She's winning Grammys. She's winning this. Y'all cannot complain that R&B is not crossing over. And I feel that's really unfair. But do I think the girl is talented? Absolutely. She's very talented, can play every instrument and all that. I just thought that her last album, I was very disappointed. As you know, I was not happy with that last her record. I was like, no, no, no. I'm what what is this? Um it didn't it didn't get me. Only one song that got me, and it was the joint that she did with Kate Renata and Thundercat. Mm. And that was it. Other than that, I was like, I was disappointed. But again, the girl is talented. She's very talented. So respect to her. Okay. Okay. Um, Daniel Caesar. He messed up. He messed up big time. Okay. And that's I how see, lucky I still Dave. I don't know was. why he's canceled. His voice is amazing. Isn't but it? I'm though? Like, I don't I still don't know what he did. Oh, he did that thing with uh Yes Jules. That girl that's, you know, kind of like the, what did they say? She was kind of like the cum bucket of the industry. Oh, I don't know nothing about that. Yeah, and she and he kind of took up for her because she was the one that actually said nigga. Oh, no. Yes. So when Daniel Caesar came to her aid and wanted to kind of defend her, oh, they canceled him. It was like, we're done. And guess who slid in? Lucky Day. Oh, oh, it's some songs off of that new Lucky Day album. I'm like, listen, guess I love that record. I love the record. I love that cover. I love the record. Oh. <laughs> that cover is so <laughs> ill, though. Like, it's so dope. It's so I dope. And I don't know nothing about Lucky Day. I don't know if Lucky Day is young, old. I don't know where he's from. But the music is bomb. The voice he, is you, bomb. I found him back in 2018, and he did uh, Roll Some More. Some, yeah, that's how I found him, too. Oh, yeah, that's how I found Yes, I found him. And I was like, well, wait, who is this dude? Like, I'm liking this record. And then he started just bringing out singles like Karma and stuff like that. And I was like, let me find out who is his producer. Like, who? He, D-Mile. I'm mm. a fan of D-Mile because I found him through Mary. Because mm. he did Gonna Breakthrough on her the Breakthrough album. And he was rocking with Rodney Jerkins. Okay. So I was like, oh, okay. And then I started, and I started really becoming a fan. And then when he came out with the Painted album, Oh yes. my God, I love that album down. And I was like, yo, and I would do my, my show, Current r Bangers, and I, would t- I talked about him a lot. Between 2019 and 2021, he's probably one of the, probably, I think, the artists that I've talked about the most. Because 
those songs he did on Painted kind of gave you Prince-ish type of vibe. You know what I mean? Like, it gave Mm -hmm. you that, and it's so, he's so dope. I would love to see him live. Like, I really, really would. You know what I mean? But he's selling out. Him and Joyce Rice, they is selling out. And I'm like, beautiful, because they're both R&B types that actually can sing, okay? Because we know we got some of these heads out here that can't carry a tune. You know, so but um, I think Lucky Day he's dope, and I think when Daniel Caesar kind of went down, Lucky Day came right on, and it was like, "Hey, I'm here." And when you got him doing the record with Babyface, Ooh. and you got Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis loving him, oh, you you on the song when you got the greats loving you. Cherry Forest, and- that's the song on the new album. I think it's the last song that just I was like, "Damn." he's dope man he's he's dope and i'm i'm glad that he's getting this visibility right now like he's like people are really into him and i'm glad and i'm like i hope he stays that way and don't let you know people change the vibe that he has you know how they do once you get in there you in there then the the record label and executives try to make you go this way. And it's like mm-hmm. you start losing yourself and losing the music that the fans that we love and you lose us and you start gaining those type of fans. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I hope Lucky Day just stays where he is because he's dope. I'm such a fan. Okay. Um, Gibeon. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, yeah Gibeon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, what Uh-oh. I got to say. After- <laughs> You 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 heard you heard it right. <laughs> I thought it was because you know he got that song with Justin Bieber, so I thought that it might have something to do with that. Oh no 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 no! Oh, after okay. a while, his voice I can't. After a while, it's like, unique. It's very unique. Very. You know who he reminds me of? If you if anybody if you have heard of him, his name is Jacob Banks. Oh no, I don't know. And he's from the UK. And okay. He has done like um what what song um. I talked about him a lot too, but his voice, it kind of, he kind of gives me that, this is terrible that I'm about to say this, but I think you will see where I'm going with it. It kind of gives you that slavery wade in the water type of voice. Oh, what? Like a slave? A Negro yes. spiritual <laughs> like, Please don't cancel me, y'all. Please. <laughs> like, and it's like, after a while, it's like, I can't anymore. Like, what Gibeon gives me that. And it's like, I'm like, all right, I, I can't listen to him for too long. Like, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Even though I love Heartbreak Anniversary. I love that record. Like, that song I did like. But then after that, I was just like, okay, I'm done. I, I can't. I'm, respect to everybody that like him, but Y'all can have them and yeah, and and keep doing your thing. I ain't knocking your hustle, but it ain't for me. (laughs) That's interesting because like when I first heard the voice, I did think he was from the UK. I'm like, oh, he from Long Beach. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's why I was like, why does he kind of sing like that? It's unique, you know? Yeah, I'm, yeah, hey, hey, (laughs) hey. I knock whoever. Hey, if you like it, I love it. But it just ain't okay. for me. And I'm, I'm like, do your thing. But nah, I'm good. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I, I personally, I always try and support these uh, 
California R&B artists I, like Gideon, like and her. Respect. Um, I respect that. I totally respect because we need to do that. We gotta. We have to. Yeah. We have to support, and that's what that's what I'm saying. I respect it. Like it's some, you know, like me and Lisa. It's some people that we know. Be like, mm, now you know, Mm-mm, we shouldn't be, but we gotta support. You know what I mean? So I mm-hmm. get it. I totally get it. I get it. Okay, so Bruno Mars. Let's get into it. <sighs> oh, we gonna. I knew yes. I was gonna get. Get... Oh yes, we gonna go. I gotta go there. Okay. I've been a fan of Bruno. I've been a fan amazing of Bruno. Performer. I yes, I've seen him live. Amazing. Oh, um, okay. I am a. I was a fan of Bruno because I found him because I'm a Brandy fan, and he did um her song "Long Distance" off a of human that mm. Brandy don't like, and obviously the world didn't like it. But I I didn't hear that, but she didn't I, like it. Oh no, she dissed that. She said f that album in a magazine. I will never forgive you for that, Brandy. I love you, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I love you for that, but I can't forgive you because I mean it's an art, and it's like you don't know how people connect to certain albums, and just because you didn't like it, you shouldn't shit on it. And she did, like she said, mm. f that album, like because her and Rodney was going through their mess. So she felt like he didn't give her he didn't give her her his best on this album. So he kind she clowned it and she disses it. But for me, I love it. You know what I'm saying? I love the record. It's actually my second favorite Brandy album, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I saw Long Distance and I saw Bruno Mars and I was like, Bruno Mars, okay. But then he did the record with B.O.B. Mm-hmm. Nothing, Nothing on, on you. you. And I said, oh. That's Bruno Mars. I forgot about that song. That was cute. Mm, yeah. So he did that. And I said, oh, that's Bruno Mars. Okay, got it. So then he came out with his album, uh, Duops and, and, and Hooligans. Hooligans. Yes. Something like that. And you know to push him as that ballad guy, like Just the Way You Are and Grenade. And um, he did the uh, song It Will Rain on the Twilight soundtrack. Like, I was like, okay, I, I can dig him. You know what I mean? And then when him and B.O.B. and Janelle Monet did that performance at the Grammys, and I was like, oh, Bruno, he's dope. Like, he's really dope. Then when he came out with his second album, which is my favorite, actually, which is the unorthodox jukebox. Mm-hmm. And with songs like Treasure and If I Was Your Man was definitely like Billy Idol type of vibe. And what is it? Gorilla and... You know, that album is my favorite. Then when he came out with 20K Magic, I was like, okay. I was like, okay, I see you. Okay, Bruno, I get it. Your influences was Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Babyface, Teddy Riley, with songs Uh, like Finesse. The New Jack Swing shit. Yeah, like the New Jack Swing vibes. I was like, okay, uh, that's that's what I like. Oh, you Mm. put that on. I'm I'm (laughs) I'm going off. Yes, I love that record. Love it. Then Bruno said him and Anderson was getting together. I said, okay. Okay. This is what we talking about here. I said, okay. A great artist, two great artists getting together. Talent. On top of that. Yes. I said, this is going to be epic. I said, this is amazing. We get leave the door open. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yes. 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 I'm happy. I'm like, 
yo, this album is about to be nuts. It came out in March. I'm like, so we definitely gonna get this album by the summer. I know it. We, we been, it, by, it was waiting. Like, we gonna get it by like May or we gonna get it by June. Nothing. I'm laughing because I remember waiting for the next we song. We waited. The album. Like, oh my God. Like, we waited. And I mean, we waited. Like, he went in awards and they said the album is done and we got a date. Like, playing games with us. And I'm like, <laughs> y'all, what? come on. Like, this could be explosive. Like, if they would have came out with the album in the summer, they could have had it. But then when they came out with Skate, I said, this sounds too dry. And y'all come out with Skate as the second single. And y'all came out with that, what, about four, five months after Leave the Door Open? I was like, no. Mm. I was like, no, 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 no. So, finally, we get the album. And I am very, very completely disappointed mm. it hurt because i said bruno and anderson for that for what y'all gave with us would leave the door open and we got this uh-uh. <laughs> not no. only that but they were showing up at award shows with that one song and we were like yes Doing it at the Grammys, at the BT <laughs> Awards, at the iHeart Awards, at your mama in the kitchen making dinner <laughs> awards. Like we like, come on already. Like, can we, can we, can we get a new song? Like, can we really get a new song? And it, and they were playing it out, and it was just like, even though I still love it, I still listen to it. But then, when I got the album, I was very disappointed. And then D Mile is a part of this. He helped mm. produce this. So I'm already a fan of him after what he did for Mary, what he did for um, India Sean, um, what he's done for, you know, um, Lucky Day. Like, I'm like, oh, he gonna get with them and this joint gonna be crazy. And when I listened to it, I'm like, it sounded flat to me. Like, I was just like, and I remember they was asking me in the lease because when it came out, we was getting, eat, we was getting, um, Mentions on Twitter, people was hitting us in the DMs. Did y'all listen to the album yet? This is the best album out. So me and Elise like, oh, okay, well, let's get it popping. And I remember me and her listening to it, and I said, sis, <laughs> what did you think? She said, uh, it's fat to me. I said, mm. okay, I thought it was me. I thought it was me. Because I'm like, what you two guys are great at, I would have rather live like unplugged type of thing Ooh. that would have been great and then they said it's like you know it was what they called this album I, you see i don't forgot about this album so much what's the album called uh and evening with silk sonic uh, 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 even it's with silk sonic right mm -hmm. why couldn't they just give us a live unplugged type of thing it would have been mm -hmm. amazing because then we would have heard the instrumentation we would have heard the greatness of both of them and it would have been great. This album just fell flat to me. Then they tried mm -hmm. to say it kind of gives you the Philly soul vibe. I said, what we ain't going to do. Uh oh We not going to do that. We are not going to disrespect Gamble and Huff like this. <laughs> no, because no, 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 no. This ain't got um, mother, father, sister, brother type of vibes to me. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. It sounds like, um, who was a, I think it was my best friend. She was like, you know, smoking out the window sounds like a parody to her. Mm. Like, this bitch got me... Really? Like, Ugh. I know, like, 
that if that was the case, it that could have been like an interlude or something. I just mm. think to me, and this is my opinion, I was talking about it with my brother Sin, and I said, I feel like they didn't know that leave the door open was gonna hit the way it did. Mm. And I feel like they had to go in and rush to give us an album. Because and remember all the time different they was like the, past sounds, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like the album down. is done. Like a puzzle, it, right? Maybe. Right. They kept telling us that the album was done. It's done. It's done. We giving you a <laughs> date. We like did, that. They did us dirty. They did us really dirty. Then you had Boosie Collins. Like, I'm not going to stunt. The way the intro of the album starts, I love it. Who y'all came to see tonight? Like, that mm-hmm. joint, dope. I mm-hmm. love it. Then it goes right into Leave the Door Open. Then it kind of goes flat. Then I'm like, okay, about last night. I love that because that's with Thundercat and... And, and Bruno and Anderson. I love that. But then after that, it's like, to be desired to me. Like, I'm like, I wanted more. And I didn't want that. I wanted more from two great artists that can are great musicians. We should have got something better than this. And for me, I would have rather an unplug, to be honest. Mm. Like, that would have been great to give us an unplug type of record. And it would have been dope. You know what I mean? And then it was just, then girl then they had the nerve to do love train i haven't heard that is that on the album yeah they just brought it out they brought it out for oh. valentine's day all oh, i gotta, gotta be careful is, with that one yes confunction they yes. did what they did but the only version I... after that that matters is drew hills because oh yeah that something. is a great cover they covered the heck Cisco Come went on, off. Baby. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, like, like they like Cisco went in. Like they covered yeah. they body it. But but Bruno and Anderson's version to me just sounded really flat. Oh, I need it to sounded how flat. Did I miss that? Yeah. I'm, good thing you I, did. <laughs> I wonder what um uh, it's Michael Cooper, right? That was in Confunction? Yes. I wonder what he thinks. Hmm. I mean, look, he looking at it for the coin because he like, okay. look, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack is huge. It don't matter. Go on and cover it. It could be bad, but I don't care. I'm going to get the money because I know it's going to do something. Okay. Now, when the doors is closed and the check is deposited, I want to know what really, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you really feel, Michael? Like, how do you really feel? And I, for I, me, I, I was just like, it was flat. I was like, right after I listened to it, I had to go listen to Drew Hill's version. I had okay, to. I, I, I couldn't. I was like, come I, on, Bruno. Y'all know better than this. I've heard that song my whole life. That's one of them songs that I've just been hearing my whole life. And I, I don't know how I missed their version, but I'm going to go listen to it when we done. <laughs> um, watch. And you're going to be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> it's like, okay. Like, all right. Okay. Okay, let's just uh, move on over into the weekend. You mean the weekday? Because I like weekends. Oh, not the weekday. <laughs> I like weekends. But I ain't even going to start. I go on I go on the week weekday because I like weekends. <laughs> I don't know why he named himself the weekend. But... Um, what is this new record that he got? Sacrifice. I like it. Okay. Yeah, that that's the now that's the only one you're gonna get when it comes to the week week. Oh God, it sucks that I have to say weekend, but weekend. Um, <laughs> I'm just not. I'm not here for him. 
at all. Like, I'm just not like the only thing that I like when he did the song with Drake and that was Crew Love. Mm. And he did that and I liked it. You know, other than that, I'm not the biggest. I'm not. I, he does nothing for me. And when Yes, Quest, I'm going to get on you because I know you're feeling it right now with this whole Oscar thing. And I'm sorry, mm. but I need to get. Was it Quest? Yeah, it was Quest and Timbaland. When they said that this new album that he brought out gave them thriller vibes and it gave you thriller mm-hmm. sound. And I was like, now, wait a minute now. I said, Don well, FM, the to- most recent one? Yes. Oh. And, you know, Quest Love was doing like a whole like um, thread on it and, and all this. But he said, it's not the thriller album, but I'm saying, but. All your tweets are saying that it is. So which one is it now? Like, what what would what are we doing here? I hope they didn't pay you Quest to sell mm-hmm. your soul out. Cause when I listened to that, I'm after sacrifice. I was done. <laughs> I couldn't do it no more. I, I just not. I'm not the biggest fan of the weekend. I mean, a lot of people are. Like some of my friends, um, they're going to his concert, and mm-hmm. you know, um, they was like, "Oh, you should go." I said, "No, I'm okay. I have better things to do." Um. I mean, I'm just not, I'm not into the week, weekday. I'm just not. <laughs> I actually saw him live um, at Coachella, or I should say Beachella. Oh, <laughs> um, but How was he? Uh, he How performed was he? that, not a lot of stage presence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Super Bowl so, showed that, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I do like Starboy. I think that's a good album. I this new that. album just gives me like new wave vibes. I, I didn't I didn't get thriller out of it. I just got like the the 80s new wave era. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I think a lot of people will say, you know, it you know, one thing about this era now, controversy builds a lot. And they know they will start True. some drama if they say it sounds like thriller. The Michael fans gonna go eat them alive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's okay, my face was frowned up when you said that. Yeah, yeah, yes. Like, you know, they like, well, he ain't going to sell 150 million <laughs> records. Like, you know how they do. So it's the like. Michael stands. Oh, God. They was laying down like, ooh, woke up like, did somebody, somebody say Michael? <laughs> <laughs> yes, like. They ready. They all oh, prepared. You say one wrong shoot. You see how they bake Quincy Jones. Oh, no, no. Wait a minute. You didn't know about them. Bake- oh, wait a minute. Yes, yeah, so when Quincy Jones came out with a lot of stuff that we had already knew was the truth, when, um, you know, Michael didn't give a lot of people credit for mm-hmm. songs. I know we interviewed Brian Alexander Morgan and one of the songs, uh, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, right? Yes. Michael might have wrote the song, by wrote, like, the lyrics, but it's a part in the song that Greg Fillinghaines did that wouldn't have made Don't Stop Till You Get Enough what it was. Mm. And Michael didn't give that credit. Mm. Michael felt like he did everything. And once Quincy Jones told the truth about it, the Michael fans, oh, they was like, Quincy's a liar. And <laughs> what is Quincy? That man is about in there 100 years old. What he got to lie for? <laughs> what he lying for? You know oh what I mean? Goodness. So the Michael fans, they don't care. And it was Quincy, and Quincy was honest on what he said. You know, when you know, one thing about honesty is when we when we're babies, we're just we just tell the truth. When we're babies mm-hmm. and, and, and little to maybe about five, six, because that's when the lying starts. But then when <laughs> you get older and you in your, you know, 60s, 70s, what you got to lie for? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So he was he really kind of went in about that. And you know, the Michael fans was not happy at all. But <laughs> one thing I think we all agree was he said that the Beatles was the worst playing group he ever heard. I said, huh, mm-hmm. hello. <laughs> I mean, I, it's it's interesting to me. I mean, I grew up in a black household. Like I never really heard like 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 here's some people that grew up with the Beatles. I'm like, I never heard a Beatles song in my life. In my mm. <laughs> well, I would have never. Well, my grandparents, because uh, that's where me and my mom. Because I, y'all know, y'all hear me say, my mom taught me, or my mom, my grandparents. Like it was nothing but gospel for her, mm. and my grandfather was soul. Like he was, because he they're from the south, so mm. they that deep rooted soul. They wasn't even big Motown heads. Mm. Ooh, they love like Tyrone Davis and Joe Simon and Bobby Ooh. Warmack and like this is that's who they like that deep southern soul don't get me wrong like my grandma's girls was like Natalie Cole and Millie Jackson and that was that was a thing they like that don't get me wrong they like some stuff from Philly soul and they like that but they like if they had to pick between Motown and Stax they would pick Stax because it was that Brits type of with butter type of soul, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. So mm-hmm. once my mom moved to South Carolina, and this was in 1992, 1990, and I came down with her in ninety one. That's when my she opened my palate a little bit more because my mom loved, you know, she loved George Michael, she loved, you know, Boy George. My mom mm. loved some stuff from the Beatles. She loved Joni Mitchell. She loved this. So I started opening my mind to new sounds and new things. So my mom liked Metallica and ACDC. Like, she knew a lot of this stuff. So Mm -hmm. I started like, oh, the Beatles. And, you know, when they were doing stuff in the 60s, it wasn't nothing but Motown any freaking way. But, of course, they were white. So what happened? They got more of the love. You know what I mean? But I started to know that. So I was like, okay, the Beatles are cool. Okay, cool. I love, I want to hold your hand and Hey Jude and, mm. you know, songs like that and, and yeah. bits and pieces and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, cool. But then when I got older, I started, did they really play these instruments? Were they that good? And mm. when Quincy Jones confirmed it, I said, that's all I needed to know. <laughs> That's all I need to know. But don't get me wrong, I still like some of their songs. Yeah. But I know the truth is the truth. Because when they met, when they met Barry, you know the first people they wanted to meet? They wanted to meet James um Jameson and Benny um Benny Benjamin. And they were the bass player and the drum player from Motown, like from the Funk Brothers. They wanted to meet the musicians. Rather than Barry. Mm. Barry is the mm. owner of Motown, but they like, we want to meet the musicians. Yeah, because mm. he wants to play like them. Yeah, so. But, um, yeah, definitely recognize the impact they've had and everything, but, you know, they got they got everything from us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, a, it's a, that's why I just love watching, like, documentaries when they do, like, because I'm the documentary guy, so I love watching, like, Motown documentaries and and they did a documentary back in like 1960. Um, they didn't know this documentary when they did Motown 1965 when they went overseas for the first tour. And to have uh what's his name? God, I can't even think of his name. 
Paul McCartney. To have Paul mm-hmm. McCartney talking about Motown the way he did, just to show, it just shows how much of an influence that our music was on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was in their their music and and things like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I'm you know my mom kind of opened my palate up when it came to like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the Who and the Monkeys mm-hmm. and the Beach Boys and it was like her. Now, do I got vinyls from them? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. But, I mean, is there going to be some songs that I do know from them? Absolutely. That I sing along? Yeah. You ever listen to Wings? Really? What you know about Wings? <laughs> I mean, I was like, Paul McCartney was the one, really. <laughs> I'd rather listen to Wings, personally. Oh, that, you know what? You're not the first person to say that, either. Because when I talk mm-hmm. about um, I think this was back in 2010 when I was on Twitter and I was talking about that and they was like, Wings is the only thing that matters. I Ooh. said, oh, okay. I say no more. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm, look, I, and this is before I got like a lot of followers like y'all, like you and more followers and the, y'all will get it. Like y'all will get some of the threads that I would talk about. But when people mm-hmm. was coming at me, was like, oh, no, Wings is the only thing that matter when it comes to Paul McCartney. I said, okay, touche. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go back to some more current um, R&B. What about the internet? Elise got me into them. Okay. She, she got me into them. Um, my brother, actually, Sin, tried to get me into them because he... He knows I like the instrumentation. I love bands, and I love that. And Elise broke it down. She said this band, they're young. They're mm-hmm. young kids, and they are a band. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yo, she was like, get into them. Like, really get into them. And see, I know a little bit about them because Devin Morrison, who I'm a fan of, talks about the internet. Okay. And I was like, here, this name come up again. And I remember my brother Sin telling me about their album. He like, bro, this album is amazing. And then to have Elise, like one thing about Elise, that thing there, when she is passionate about something and she needs you to really sit and listen to it, she will drain it in you. Like, so it was like with the internet, she was like, bro, just forget about everything and listen to it and mm-hmm. just vibe out to it. Yeah. And just forget about everything else, forget about the image, forget about anything. And just listen to it because they are a band. And when I listened, I was like, yo, I rock with it. I was like, I really rock with it. So thanks to Elise again for, you know, sometimes she gotta hit me in my head hard a little bit. For me <laughs> <to> it, but <laughs> I got it. I, I I rock with them. I rock with the internet. Yeah, they got some dope um, solo projects, too, on their own. Yes. Um, I love them. I love yeah, them yeah, so yeah. Much. Like, um, the Ego Death, but I think the um, Hive Mind. Yeah. That's that's the one that Elise kind of had me on. Like, this is what I need you to listen to. So I've been on them, and I think they I, I speak on bands and things, and I feel like they, they're needed because, again, we need bands, and mm-hmm. they're young, and they're playing instruments, and I think that's great. So, yeah, I'm on yeah. them. Yeah. 
Okay, now I'm going to hit you with one more artist who I guess is kind of hard to put into a category. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even know if he exists anymore as an artist, a musical mm-hmm. artist, but Childish Gambino. I like him. Mm-hmm. I like Childish Gambino. I I, I do. I, what he did with This Is America, like... Oh, yeah, that was powerful. Like, that was a powerful record. Like, very powerful. And... Um, yeah, I don't even think, yeah, you're right. Does he even look at himself as a musical artist anymore? Like, I, I thought he said he retired that name, but I could be wrong. You know? Huh? I thought he said he retired Childish Gambino, but I could be wrong. Oh, well, maybe. Because, you know, he be acting and all this other stuff. So. Oh, yeah. he get, Oh, yeah. He, let me tell you something. That movie, that, that, that Hollywood money compared to that music <laughs> money. Oh, I wouldn't mind it either. Like, <laughs> like he getting that money. Like, I ain't okay. look. I ain't mad at him. I ain't mad at him at all. Right. <laughs> I mean, he did stand up. He did um, mm-hmm. what's the show? Community, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. He was rapping. He was doing the most. <laughs> yes, he was like, I'm gonna get it. But now Atlanta. Doing... I forgot about Atlanta. Yes, that's what that's that's where the money at. That Atlanta. Mm. But I think this is the last season. If I'm not if I'm mistaken. I think this mm. is the last season. But that money, that Hollywood money, compared <laughs> to that music money, oh yeah. I will, hey, if I had to pick between the two, I would probably hang it up too. Like, let me get that <laughs> coin. That coin over there lasts a little longer than this music coin over here. We could do okay. music as a hobby. And we can put it out <laughs> on SoundCloud. We don't need no, no record label or nothing. <laughs> you know? <so. laughs> Oh, so I forgot to ask you. So initially when I started this podcast, it was about record collecting, but it's just kind of expanded to conversations about music. But yeah. do you are you a record collector or do you own records? Yes, I am. Yes. Oh, okay, tell me a little bit about that. Okay. <laughs> this is funny. So my mom, my grandfather used to get a record every day. He brought a record mm. every day. And this is starting in 1961. So he would buy a record every day. And my mom, like, so... You know, they moved from, we moved from uh, Bed-Stuy. I wasn't born yet, but Bed-Stuy to Brownsville. And mm. moving there, you know, records is going to get lost. It's going to do that. But then my grandparents in 92 moved from Brownsville, Brooklyn to New Jersey. So a lot of vinyls, you know, probably on the turnpike done messed up in the moves. <laughs> some of them broke, some of them cracked. But a lot of them my mom has, right? So I wanted to actually start my own. So I would be like, you know, now that my parents, my grandparents is deceased, my would be like, well, mom, let me get some of the vinyl. She's like, no, you ain't having it. And I used to bother her and bother her because I'm like, why should I vinyl dig? I can vinyl dig in my own house. Like, why? Like, <laughs> I ain't got to go to the store. A lot of this stuff we got. Like, let me, you know, let she like, no, no, no. So finally, I think she got sick of me. And this was in 2014. Mm-hmm. Was it 2014? Yes, it had to be like 2014. My mother was like, all right, for Christmas, she got me Michael Jackson's Off the Wall vinyl. Mm-hmm. And she was like, look, now you can start vinyl digging yourself. Because <laughs> you keep asking me and I'm going to keep saying no. Oh. I was like, how petty are you? But okay. Uh, <laughs> so she gave me, and she gave me that vinyl, and I started, like, really, because, you know, when you vinyl dig, you're going to start getting the stuff that you like. 
Right. That's the first thing you do. You start getting stuff that you like. So I, I got Aretha Franklin Sparkle. I got, you know, Claudine. I've gotten a lot of the stuff that mm. I like. Then I started getting stuff that, you know, maybe a song was on this album. And then, you know, I would want the whole thing or something like that. Now that I have a nice little collection, I ain't where Elise is at or you at all. <laughs> I ain't even touching y'all. At all. I ain't even there. I'm new. Now, now that my mother, because now when my mother come to my house, she like, you don't got another vinyl. You don't got another vinyl. You're going to need more room. You're going to need more room. And then a couple of months ago, Fatima, this is what she said. She said, well, I know that you done started vinyl digging and all this, but I'm going to hand the vinyls over to you now. Oh, okay. I said, now, mama, you waited all this time <laughs> and I done started vinyl digging, getting a, a, a collection of my own. And now you want to give me the vinyl? Mm. I said, don't get me wrong. I'm going to take it. But I'm still mad that you made me go and do this vinyl digging, which I do love vinyl digging, honestly, because mm -hmm. it's kind of like a stress reliever for me yeah. sometimes. Because, you know, the world we living in now... You don't even know if you gonna be here today or tomorrow. So mm. it's like coming from work and being aggravated. I'll be like, I need something to do. And I go vinyl digging. Hey friends, I have a little favor to ask of you. If you enjoyed this show, subscribe and consider giving us a nice review or rating on your favorite podcasting platform. Okay, thanks. Like, after I found the vinyl that I've been looking for, like, um, a couple of months ago, I wanted to get Everything is Everything from Donny Hathaway. That was literally the last album mm. from him that I needed on vinyl. And I couldn't mm. find it. This guy's was costing, like, 70, 80 bucks. So I went to Philly on South Street. And... I went in there and I saw it and I just grabbed it. And I remember calling the lease. I was like, sis, I found everything is everything. I was so hyped because, you know, <laughs> when we do our episodes, Elise is quick to show her vinyl and be like, hi, I got it. And I'll be sitting there looking all <laughs> lost and don't got nothing. And now I, and that album, everything is everything. I wanted it. And to have it, it was just like, I called it and I was so excited and I literally spent like two hundred and like ten dollars that day just on vinyl. Yes, and I came home and I and I told my mother. And my mother was like, "You actually have a problem." I said, "Well, it was your fault because if you would have just let me have the vinyl that you grandma and granddaddy had for years, I wouldn't have been spending no money like that." But <laughs> vinyl digging is it's it's everything to me. I love doing it. I love you know that's why I love seeing what new vinyls y'all be putting up on your Instagram like you and when Elise gets a new vinyl or our homeboy Timogen gets a new vinyl or, and it's like, it's like, it's such a, a beautiful thing just to see the collection that y'all got. I'll be like, one day, I'll be like, one day. <laughs> you know, it's uh, kind of amazing too, when you, um, there's something on your want list, like, you know, everything is everything and you find it. That's a great feeling too. A couple of years back, I really wanted the color purple, but I wanted the purple vinyl. 
Oh, okay, okay. And um, it's so weird. That same day when I said, I'm going to go look for it, I actually stumbled across a copy in Dimple Records in Sacramento, RIP. They're no longer around. But oh. I was like, how is that possible that I found it like that? That's dope. That's dope. But now with, you know, with the pandemic and everything, a lot of, a lot of the record stores that I had around me actually closed. Mm. So now mm. I only have like one that's kind of downtown. And they call it mm. Sound Garden. And I kind of go there, but a, a lot of them are like the new re-release. And you yeah. know, sometimes, I mean, sometimes you ain't got no choice but to take those. But I want the vinyls that's kind of like the original. Or they do, they used to have a bigger section where you could go and you could just like go through them. And sometimes I will be there for two and three hours just going mm. through and finding stuff. And it, now I think they're, uh, with vinyls clearly coming back and people are buying vinyl and buying, you know, record players and all this. People are doing, like, new releases on their albums, so those are kind of, like, the popular thing now. And I'm like, no, give me to a record store that you can smell the oldness of the records. I like okay. that. Like, that's me. Like, I like it. Like, the new release is like, okay, if I gotta get it, okay, fine. You know what I mean? But I love going in there and kind of getting my hands dirty and it's just a stress reliever for me so I love vinyl digging even though I was pushed to do it but I love it anyway um okay so tell me about the R&B representers and I think uh, you have some other projects going on too okay um well the R&B representers is with me and my partner in crime naturally Elise love her to death um we started it with um you know we I was told you about the the music crew that we had and that's how me and Elise connected. And me and her just bonded for some reason. It was just a bond. And now that you see, when you watch Catch That, you see why we're dramatic and extra for no reason. But hey. <laughs> uh, and we connected. And I remember when her grandfather died mm. and my grandma had just died. We needed mm. an outlet. Like, I needed something to keep my mind off of it. Plus, the pandemic was just happening and it was like everybody was home and you were kind of stuck. And with my grandma just passing, I'm in these four walls thinking about her. And I'm like, I need to get my mind busy. So one day, you know, me and Elise was like, come on, let's just do a live. Let's just do a live and see how it goes. Let's talk about a topic and see how it goes. And it went great. And me and her was like, yo, well, let's do it next week. And we just kept doing it. And it just started to grow legs. And people really was really enjoying like the love that we had and the passion that we had. But then me and her were funny. And it was like, we've known each other all our lives. It felt like <laughs> one thing about Elise, she knows when maybe I need a pick me up or then I knows when she needs one. And it's like the chemistry that we have is just amazing. So she was like, well, won't we start doing, you know, a show where we're talking about like albums and we maybe get, you know, people to come on the show. And our first show was with her, uh, her friend Keith Murphy that has done stuff with vibe and time magazine and people. And he's really, you know, in that he's in that medium, you know what I mean? Especially being with vibe for so long. And, mm -hmm. um, me and her, me and Elise was like, yo, we love this. Like we should get like normal music heads like us to 
do something. Like, let's let them come on and maybe talk about a song. Because Elise was like, yeah, we can get, you know, people that we enjoy. Like, we have gotten Brian Alexander Morgan. We had Zoe from um, Foreign Exchange. We have had mm. uh, Trina Broussard on our show. We had Terrence Martin on our show. And we talked about, you know, albums. But Elise was like, yo, we are just normal music heads. Why not get normal music heads to come like us? Or it doesn't even have to be a music head. Just regular people and come on and talk about their favorite songs or some of their favorite R&B songs. And I was like, yo, that's a great idea. I was like, that would be dope just to see what people, how people feel about their song when they first heard it and all that. And everybody just loves it. And it's just, like I, I said, we're we are two people that just want to represent R&B the right way through dramatics, through the passion, through, you know, funny, you know, all that. And just, we love that you can come to our show. You might laugh. You might even cry. You're going to learn something and you're just going to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like with Fatima, when you came on. Yes, I was did, on there. <laughs> yes, yes. And when you did um, Kashif and, and, Melissa Morgan. Yes, it's not a lot of people that even talk about that song. You came to R&B Reps and you learned something. you like, oh, they did a record. Oh, Mary and Jamie Foxx did it. Oh, Mother's Finest did it first. Like, that's mm-hmm. what me and Elise enjoy. And the R&B representatives is life to me. I enjoy it. I know it's a hobby. But if me and Elise can make millions off of it, I wouldn't even, I would love it. I wouldn't even care. Like, I would quit my job to just do that because I really enjoy it and then just to have somebody that really you rock with and that really loves you deeply because don't get me wrong me and Elise do be having our little arguments behind the (laughs) scenes now like we ain't this perfect everything is great you know what I mean but Uh at the end of the day it's just beautiful to be with somebody that you just like how did Beyonce say even though she suck at interviews how she say it I like being with somebody that you actually like. And I just love, yeah. I like Elise and I love her to death. And she's kind of like my second half. Like she's my half. Cause she knows like it's some episodes, even when I look at that stuff that y'all are not going to catch that she's like, all right, I see that Junior's going a little too far to the left. Let me bring him back. Mm. And then I know when she's going a little too far and you don't, and y'all wouldn't notice it, but we notice each other. You know what I mean? And just to have somebody that loves R&B like you do and breathes it and lives it and enjoys it. And, you know, with us loving music so much, you know people think that you're a little crazy, you're a little loony, a little <laughs> You know what I mean? Make you feel yep, like I- you're out of place. And with things, with, with Elise, I'm never out of place. Now, she'll make me feel a little bad on the show. Yes, Elise, you do. And uh, <laughs> she'll call me out on the show, but she never makes me feel uncomfortable about loving music the way I do. And i in the same with her. And I would not have the best co-host in her in the world. Like, she's the the best thing that happened to me in my life when I needed it. And I needed it. And we knew each other from since 2018, but I really know her. And she has literally become one of my best friends in the world. I cannot go a day without talking about talking to her, texting what? her. It don't even gotta be about RB reps. I just wanna be like, sis, how you doing? 
you good, everything's straight, you working, she does that with me. You know what I mean? But R&B representatives is just the base. And it's just R&B, man. And you're you going to learn, you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you're going to dance, you're going to party, but you're going to enjoy it. And that's all the R&B representatives is about. And you, you said you have another podcast, right? Or yes. Podcast um, I do current R&B bangers. Like, I do it every two weeks now because I used to do it. I started in the 2015 um, because, you know, I was one of the ones on social media just complaining about mm-hmm. how R&B is not getting respected and all this. And I said, finally, if I'm going to talk about it, I need to be about it. I need to do something if I'm going to talk all this noise on social media. And I said, you know, people be like, you know, where's the R&B songs? And where you got these, you know, we don't have R&B artists out there anymore. And I was just like, well, no, that's not true. And I said, you know what? I'm going to create a, a show on current R&B bangers on Junior's World of Soul. And I said, weekly, I'm just going to do from four to six songs a week just to show y'all that R&B is out here and it's alive and well and they ain't going nowhere. When you got artists like Lucky Day and you had artists like her and Daniel Caesar and Kevin Ross and Sergio mm-hmm. and, you know, Gene Noble and Jay Ronell. We talking about people that can sing and have songs but they don't get the exposure. And that's what current R&B bangers is about. I want to give as much exposure as I can. Hey, if, you know, if I get you by walking out of my room with a red cup jamming, I got you. You know <laughs> okay. what I mean? And it's going to get you. And it's going to be like, well, wait a minute. Well, what song he listen to? What song is he grooving to? You know what I mean? And I think, again, if you're going to sit on social media and talk about it and don't, like where R&B is going, then maybe you need to do something about it. And I felt like that's what I needed to do. And that's why I created current R&B bangers. And then to have R&B reps that does the same thing, but we're talking about music from the 40s all the way to now. It's just great. Yeah, that's current R&B bangers and R&B representatives. That's my things right there. So Okay. And so where can people tune in to all of these? Okay, so the R&B representatives, we have a show every Sunday. It can be a Catch That or a Catch That Minis. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube. On uh, Just type in the R&B representatives on uh, the search engine, and it will come right on up. And we the first ones. Y'all can subscribe to us. And um, then we have a live that we do, which is also on the R&B reps YouTube. Because we used to do it on Instagram. When Instagram stopped acting crazy so we mm. we moved on to youtube youtube live so we okay. do that every other tuesday where we pick a topic and we kind of talk about it and we have people in the chat and we have some people come on and we kind of bug out and it's funny our r&b reps family has you in tears crying of laughter so that's our lives on tuesday we're gonna pick back up our radio show that we used to have and we used to, you know, just pick topics and kind of do songs around it. But now we're going to kind of do a whole new thing where we want to actually put some new songs, even though, you know, we're still talking about the older ones, but we want to add kind of some new songs to, you know, our our set list. So we're getting back into that, back into radio again. Um, and we'll give that information where we can. But um, you catch uh, current RB bangers on Junior's World of Soul. That's on YouTube, and uh, you can follow me on JR's World of Soul on Instagram, on Twitter, and uh, the R&B reps on Twitter, and the R&B representatives on Instagram. 
Um, is there anything else that you wanted to share? Oh, I, I did think of a song that might get me uh, my black car revoked. Oh, okay, yes. Respect by Aretha. I don't like it. Nope. You flipped it. I wasn't uh I wasn't that. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of the record at all. I know people look the impact of it. I get it. I hey. But I don't ever gotta hear respect by Aretha Franklin ever in life. Mm, you've heard it too many times. I I just to me, honestly, if I had to pick between the two, I I love Otis Redding's version because mm-hmm. of what Booker T and the MGs did musically. Aretha's mm-hmm. version seems a little flat to me. Oh, okay. a little flat. Like, don't get me wrong, redoing what she was supposed to do, but to me, it just falls flat to me. And I'm just not like anytime I hear it on the radio, I'm turning. If you in the car and it's on <laughs> XM Radio and it come on, I'm turning. So you can be mad. I'm sorry, but no. Okay, hand over the wallet. Let me get that car. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's a wrap. That was so much fun. Thank you, JR, for joining me. And y'all, thank you for listening to the podcast. Um... Our socials, if you want to find us, Crateism on IG, Crateism on TikTok. I am on IG at Fatima Chantel. Our record store online is shopcrateism.com. And if you happen to be in Northern California, if you happen to be in Sacramento, specifically in the neighborhood of Oak Park, we have a bin inside of 12's Wax, 3324 Broadway. Okay, until the next episode.